0: Welcome to Diverse, the podcast of the Society of Women Engineers. SWE supports the advancement of women in engineering and technology. You can find all of our podcasts on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and SWE's blog, All Together, at altogether.swe.org. Looking for more information and data on women in engineering? Head over to research.swee.org and review the groundbreaking research that SWE has been conducting. SWE's research efforts include reporting on women of color in engineering and how community colleges may play a role in getting more women to graduate with engineering degrees. You can also check out the annual SWE Literature Review in SWEE Magazine's State of Women in Engineering issue. Hi, I'm Cindy Hoover, Fiscal Year 20 President of the Society of Women Engineers. Welcome to SWE's Diverse Podcast Series. Please remember to add this podcast to your iTunes or Spotify and like or follow us on social media. Visit SWE.org for more details. I'm joined today by Katie Hershey, Contractual Quality Program Manager in Print Hardware Systems at HP. Katie is based in Boise, Idaho and started with HP 17 years ago as a college intern. After graduating with a degree in electrical engineering, she joined HP full-time and spent 10 years in print R&D as an ASIC design engineer. In 2015, she moved to the HP print quality team and has held several roles in that organization focused on product field performance, data analytics, and the contractual print environment. Katie has a passion for supporting young women in STEM and currently holds a scholarship program co-chair role in her local Southwest Idaho SWE professional section. Thanks for joining us today, Katie. Thank you so much for having me. So let's just jump right in and talk about what initially sparked or inspired your interest in STEM.
1: Okay, well, I always really loved math and science in school, and it was really important to me to find something where I could be independent and make a good living for myself. And that's something that my parents always really encouraged as well. I thought I wanted to be a surgeon, but there was a high school anatomy class field trip to the local university cadaver lab um, where I really found out that I was way too squeamish to, to go into that field. So after that experience and nearly passing out, I reconsidered and signed up for an introduction to engineering class that my high school was offering the following semester. It happened to be focused on digital logic design and the teacher was an, a local HP employee that just came in to teach that class. He was a great teacher, but for me, he broke several really important stereotypes at the time. You know, first of all, he came into the class, you know, straight from work, wearing jeans and a t-shirt, which just absolutely blew me away. Um, I grew up, my parents either wore uniforms or dressed up to go to work, and I myself even wore a uniform for a good part of school. So to kind of see that casual dress was acceptable in a professional environment was really exciting to me. Second, he talked a lot about teamwork. I think I had in my mind that an engineer really just sat at a computer in their cubicle alone all day Um, And I really didn't realize how much teamwork there was involved, but he would come in and tell stories about, you know, his team's projects and how they collaborated and worked together to, to really reach their goals. And he was also really good about inviting his teammates in to be guest speakers and share their experiences as well. And then the third thing for me was, you know, that they were they were accomplishing really important work and delivering results to the business. But they also had a lot of fun at work on a regular basis, whether that be company picnics, volunteer projects, or team-building events. Um, That was really important to me as well. So overall, he really helped me to see engineering in a new light, and I was hooked. And and also that has made me really feel like I've wanted to get back into the schools and and talk about what a career in technical fields is really like, you know, kind of as I've gone through the experience as well. To help break stereotypes for them as well. It's so
0: amazing to have um, those mentors that come in and spark that interest. And uh, hopefully today uh, you'll be able to spark some interest for some of our listeners and and give them an idea of why they should uh, be engineers or or maybe uh, go into a, a different direction with their field. So. So let's talk a little bit about you and your academic and professional accomplishments, at where you went to school, how how your studies influenced your career path, that type of thing.
1: Sure. So I went to school at Colorado State University, go Rams, um, which is in my hometown of Fort Collins, Colorado. I knew going in that I wanted to study electrical engineering, but I really didn't know what I wanted to to focus in or what I really wanted to do for a career after school. Unfortunately, I was not involved with SWE at the collegiate level, which is something that I really later regretted, kind of as a professional looking back at all of the opportunities, um, you know, that that SWE provides. That was something that I was really sad that I missed out on at that level. But I was involved. I was a member of a sorority, uh, which was not popular among engineers at at CSU. I think there was maybe one other female engineer that was involved in a sorority. And I think I can even remember a time where someone told me, you know, engineers don't do sororities. And so I was really determined to to make that work. Um, And funny enough, that's kind of where my connection to HP came from. There was you know, in my sophomore year, I, I guess I didn't even really know that I should be looking for internships. And one day got an email from a sorority alum that worked for HP in Boise, Idaho, that was looking for female engineers um, for internships in for the summer in Boise. And so responded to her and, and she connected me into this team. And I did an internship in Boise. I didn't know anybody here. I really didn't know anything about the area, but I came up for the summer and ended up really loving it. And she happened to connect me with an ASIC design team, which was, you know, it was great. It was really interesting work as well. And I did two summer internships with that team. And in that second summer, they did some interviews for me and offered me a job before I had ever even started my senior year of school. And so I was really excited to accept that. And I came to work for HP in Boise. Um, I worked in R&D on that ASIC design team in quite a few different roles, um, in different, different ways leader, leading parts of the team. And I realized a couple things. You know, One was that I really wanted to learn more about the broader business. I had a really good kind of idea of, of that portion of R&D, but there was so much more to learn. I really wanted to work closer with people. You know, There was definitely some teamwork in, involved with that position, but I really wanted to see kind of people in other disciplines and be able to interact a little bit better. And I wanted to, make the oppor- or to have the opportunity to really make a bigger impact for HP. So in addition to my regular role, I found myself um, in a volunteer role as the intern coordinator for HP Boise site. And this is something that I did for about six years, Um, And it was really awesome because I was able to help grow the program and really help to showcase the best of HP for our HP summer interns, you know, something that I had a lot of passion for coming in as an intern myself. It also helped me really to expand my professional network well beyond my area in R&D. And I was able to gain some really, really good program management and experience along the way. I managed a budget, I planned events, I also managed a team of of volunteers from all different organizations who didn't report directly to me. So that was all really helpful. A few years later, I, I wanted to make a pretty significant job change within HP and had a mentor at the time, her name was Jamie Martinez, who helped me tremendously in creating a personal brand, investigating opportunities and preparing for interviews. She was somebody that, you know, was an ASIC design engineer when I had started and, and moved on to, to do other things in her career. So it was really helpful kind of being able to see her do that and realize that I could do that myself. And she also really helped me to leverage in some of that volunteer experience I had with the intern program to be able to move into a very different kind of role. And so I was able to, to make a pretty big leap from engineering and R&D into the quality organization. With a technical program management role where I got more of a connection to our fleet of products out in the field and the, the experience that our customers were having with them you know since making that transition I've had the opportunity to hold several different roles within the quality organization um, including a focus on data analytics addressing the field performance for our office printing products and even a little bit of people management in my current contractual quality role I'm exploring contractual print environment and experience and how we can make changes to improve the experience for our customers. That's so exciting. And and I, I, I find it
0: interesting that how you got started with HP in the first place and the fact that you were a part of a sorority. And I think it's really important that especially female engineers understand that, um, you know, we don't want to put ourselves into a box, right? There's a lot of different ways you can be connected. There's a lot of great ways you can network, um, you know, whether it's through sports or through a sorority or, or whatever that may be. SWE is another one of those great options that can help you with networking, but you can really find those those mentors uh, and those great uh, opportunities uh, if you just keep your, your eyes open. So that's really exciting that you were able to do that. And and, uh, and you showed them that female engineers can be a part of a sorority, too. So good for you. Um, So let's move on to your professional accomplishments a little bit. Tell us a little bit about what you're most proud of uh, that you've done at HP.
1: Sure. One of the things that really stands out for me is that HP used to have a large technical conference every year that we called TechCon. And the only way that you could attend TechCon was by submitting a technical paper and being selected to either present your work there at the conference, or there was kind of a select um, group that they, they selected from the, the applications as honorable mentions, and so that meant that you could attend the conference. And so those were the only two ways that you could go. And as a young engineer, I watched you know several of the senior engineers in our group, master's in architect level, submit papers and, and get to go and present on their work at that conference. And it was at that time I really decided to make attending this conference, TechCon, a stretch goal of mine and realized that I was going to have to start writing papers um, to even have a chance and so for two years I wrote papers on some of the technical work I was doing around basic process automation and you know the feedback or I got the papers back you know with great feedback this is great work but no invitation to attend and so I tried again in that third year um, wrote, wrote about a new project that I was doing And finally the submission came back with an honorable mention designation and so I had the honor of attending that conference in 2015 with some of HP's brightest and that was really really cool
0: way to persevere Uh, that's what what you have to do sometimes and keep at it Um, sometimes it takes more than one uh, one shot to get what you're looking for so uh, wonderful exciting job to to get that opportunity so Tell us a little bit about your work with the Idaho SWE section and, and what you're doing with the scholarship program there.
1: Of course, I'm happy to share. Um, so kind of as Cindy mentioned, one of my, my biggest passions and really one of my leading intentions that I live by is supporting and encouraging young women in, in the STEM field. And one of my favorite ways to do that is through this SWE scholarship program co-chair. And so the Idaho Scholarship Program started in 1995 with a single $500 scholarship. And we provide scholarships to women in Idaho who are entering their first year of studies in either engineering or computer science. And they can be attending school anywhere that's that's ABET accredited. Um, So far, we've raised more than $225,000 total and we really wow. start over each year. So we we award as much as we can in a year. And then the next year we're kind of starting from scratch with our fundraising. So that's been really incredible. And of course this year in 2020, we're celebrating 25 years. And this year we raised nearly $25,000 and have been able to support eight young women with $3,000 each. Um, and part of the application is an essay that we ask them to describe what has inspired them to pursue STEM and what they've done to prepare themselves. And I've been part of the judging committee as well for, gosh, probably more than 10 years. Um, and every year I'm just blown away by these young women and, and the stories that they have to tell and what they've accomplished so far. I mean, most of them are, are graduating high school. and. You know, some of them have started nonprofits, you know, in STEM. Some of them have internships already in high school. And most of them have well above a 4.0 GPA. And so these are really, really incredible women. And it's so hard every year for the judging committee to get together and choose winners because we really would love to support each and every one of them. But it's it's just amazing. I love being involved with this program.
0: It's uh you know we our sweet next program is is our our program for middle school and high school girls and and we have awards as well and it is amazing to look at some of the applications and and quite frankly it makes me wondering think back to what i was doing in high school and it was not this. Let me tell you, I was so impressed with with uh, some of those applications. So yeah, and it, it and it's just really inspiring to see that um, and be a part of it. So I'm really glad that you're you're doing that and helping our our young women become engineers. Um. So so let's talk about industry a little bit. Um, it is uh, still very male dominated and. Uh, we, we want we want that industry to become more diverse. So, so how can others, in your opinion, create a more diverse, inclusive environment within their companies and teams?
1: So I really think it starts with getting involved, you know, expanding your own network and perspective as much as possible, and really investing in team building and getting to know those around you. Um, in my people management role, I started my staff meetings with a mindful minute, and so we would start with 60 seconds of silence to meditate or unwind and really focus on being present with the team. And when we were done with that, we followed it up by a round, a round, kind of round ter- roundtable sharing of how each team member was really feeling that day. And you know, something beyond, oh, I'm feeling good. You know, it was what was on their mind. How were they really, really feeling? And it really provided space for each person to be able to share whatever they wanted, whether it was an important family milestone, you know, a a work project that they might be struggling with, or even a death in the family that might not have come up otherwise. It was really a little bit of vulnerability shared by everyone that ended up bringing us all much closer as a team. And even kind of at a higher level, I think HP in particular does such a great job with what we call business impact networks, or BINs, which are employee-led groups that have, you know, that are heavily supported by our entire leadership team. You know, even, even Enrique as the CEO really supports these. And as a few examples, we have groups focused on women, groups focused on young employees, and multicultural groups at the individual site and global levels that plan events and programs to help our employees develop and grow and to really create that sense of community. One of my favorite programs for the women's group in Boise is that they host their uh, host a mentoring program where they help match mentors and mentees and provide some structure to help get those relationships started. And another one of my favorites is that the Young Employee Network hosts a fundraiser every year on Pi Day in March, where you can donate money to Pi a group of manager volunteers. Um, with a plate of whipped cream and just really creative and and fun and really brings the site together. And these groups are really awesome and have made a huge difference in my experience as an employee and encouraging diversity. And I highly recommend getting involved in this type of activity if it's available to you. And if it's not, maybe it's something you can start for your company
0: wonderful advice. I, I think employee resource groups um, are, are so important. And you're exactly right. Getting involved, um, you know, being a leader and driving, driving that inclusivity across the organization is really, really important. So uh, good job for, for doing that. Um, but let's talk about obstacles you've faced as a woman in engineering. How did you overcome those
1: as you were going through your career? I would say my biggest obstacle has really come from within in the form of self-limiting beliefs and, and also the imposter syndrome as well. So last year, HP invited me to participate in a leadership program that was geared towards women that really helped me to identify these issues and work through them by first really examining my own story and intentions and goals and strengths and then figuring out how I really wanted to move forward in my career. It was really through this work that I realized I had struggled for many years with the self-limiting belief that I just wasn't ready. Um, Wasn't ready to become a mentor, wasn't ready to be a people manager, or wasn't ready to go for a new job that seemed a little bit out of reach. And as an example, um, for years throughout my career, different people had approached me about becoming a people manager, because they thought that I would be good at it, and I always told them I wasn't quite ready, I didn't have enough experience, or I wasn't sure I could do it. And so I really came to realize that these were all just excuses that were holding me back from significant opportunities. I found inspiration in my peers that were becoming managers, and the work I had done in that leadership program, and I decided I wanted to try it as well. And so not long after I had expressed that to my manager, I was asked to take on a people manager role, leading a team through a significant period of change in our organization, and I really, really loved it. It was great, and it wasn't nearly as scary as I had thought, and I was ready to do that. And so I'm not currently managing a team, but will definitely look for those management opportunities again down the road. That's
0: that's wonderful. I know that uh, over my career, I've I've uh, talked to many many women who who were ready to be leaders and and were, as you were, uh, a little bit scared to take that step or or struggled with thinking that they were ready, right? That they needed more time under their belt. And sometimes it just takes a, a little push or seeing someone else or having that mentor help you with. With that, but uh, definitely uh, sounds like you were, were ready to take that step. Are there any key tools that you found useful to you as you look to management or as you look to managing yourself and your
1: career that you've used? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, some of my, my favorites, and I've mentioned kind of throughout, have been mentors along the way, and I've been so lucky to have several really great mentors, and really a mentor is there to help coach you, help you learn a skill, um, to give you feedback, someone that you you meet with for a set period of time. You know. And then the other really important relationship is a sponsor, and I've been lucky to have some really great sponsors as well. And a sponsor, kind of the difference between a mentor and a sponsor is a sponsor really gets to know you and, and your work and is able to advocate for you at a higher level and able to help connect you with opportunities and give you visibility that you might not otherwise get. Um, Another really helpful tool has been personal branding, which is really kind of getting to know yourself and, and realizing what's missing when you're not in the room. You know, what are you known for? What are you known as? What energizes you? And that just helps you to really show up kind of as your true self and be able to represent that well. Another one that I think is, is really fun is um, called a and Ye folder. And it's a concept I, I learned about from Tanya Geisler. And I think she even has a TED talk um, and, a, and a podcast as well. But that's something where, you know, in my email, I've created this folder and I've literally named it and Ye. And as I get thank you notes or testimonials or, you know, feedback from peers or letters of recommendation, those type of things, um, go into this folder and, you know, as you feel some self-doubt creep in, you know, it's great to be able to just go to this folder and take a few minutes and and look through some of your successes all compiled into one and, and realize, you know, there's a lot to really be grateful for. And hopefully you can overcome that doubt a little bit easier. And then the last one I want to share um, is really something that's new to me this year. And it's something that my my friends invited me to do with them and we call it 20 for 2020 and we set 20 goals for the year. And I think that they were inspired, they've been doing it for a few years um, by Gretchen Rubin's podcast. And so we we create these 20 goals and they can be personal, professional, fun, um, really everything, kind of all encompassing and they can be really hard, um, recurring things or something that you could cross off in an afternoon. And so we all got together at the beginning of the year and shared our list of goals and why those goals were on there. And every month we check in with each other and have to give an update. And I, I have to say that's been really inspiring and a lot of fun just to see everybody's kind of success and progress along the way. So I highly recommend that.
0: That's fantastic. And that's a great way to hold yourself accountable to to getting your your goals completed when you have to check in with someone and tell them that you're making progress. So Uh, I really like that, and I love the yum and yay folder. I may have to create myself one of those just to give yourself a little inspiration as you go through the day. I love that. So it can be difficult uh, as a working woman, uh, especially one in a leadership role, to to find a healthy work-life balance. What do you do to kind of unwind, disconnect from your professional responsibilities, and keep that work-life balance in check?
1: Yeah, that's something I think that's really important. And especially now with so many of us working from home, I think those, those lines tend to be blurred even more. Um,
0: mm, but true. I think it's important <laughs> to
1: realize that you have to take care of yourself in the mental, the physical, the spiritual and the emotional realms to be able to really bring your best self to work or to any part of your life for that matter. You know, if any one of these areas is out of balance, it affects the remaining areas as well. And so I've found for myself that bringing some simple meditation into my work days, even five to ten minutes when I can, has been something that I've really enjoyed and and looked forward to and something that I've just started doing this year. I also really love being active, whether I'm running or biking or even walking with friends or my dog. Uh, It's really important for me to build that into my schedule. And I tend to get a little bit grumpy when I don't prioritize that. So there's motivation for me to do that and I'm also a newlywed I, I got married last year and I enjoy spending time with my husband and we both love to play golf so if it's sunny and we're not working you'll typically find us out on the golf course
0: well that's wonderful and congratulations on, on uh, your newlywed status I um, I, I find too with this remote work environment, uh, it is really important to get up and move around and and I love getting out and walking the dog just you know for a half an hour to break up the day. It's it's a, it's a good thing to to remember to do. Um so let's talk about as we move into kind of our final question here what piece of advice would you give to current engineers who would like to kind of move up in their careers, move into leadership? What would your advice to them
1: be? My advice is to really own your career because nobody else is is going to do that for you. You know, I spent a good portion of kind of my early engineering days, you know, waiting for someone to come say, hey, you're ready for a promotion now, or maybe you should look for a new role and, and quickly realized, that that's not going to happen. You have to do that for yourself. And so I think that starts out, you know, in college, seeking out internships while you're in school. That's the, really the best way to gain experience and kind of try a job on for size to see if you like it. And if not, find a different one. Um, and if you do, you know, it's great to create the connections there and hopefully return, you know, full time. I think also identifying and, and working through the limiting beliefs that I talked about, you know, trying to figure out exactly what you want to do and, and don't let anything hold you back. I think also setting clear intentions and goals and knowing that there's a difference between the two, um, doing that on a regular basis and revisiting those often is really important. I think it's also important to seek out both mentors and sponsors wherever you are in your career. It's never too early or too late. And I think you'll really be surprised by how many people are willing to help you if you just ask. And don't forget to give back. Become a mentor yourself, volunteer, you know, encourage others, especially in STEM, because we all know that that you need encouragement to to get in and get started. And don't forget to make the time to celebrate your wins along the way. I think that's really important. of as you go so definitely own your own career and don't let anything hold you back
0: fantastic katie thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today and for providing some really valuable insights for our current and future engineers and leaders especially around kind of managing your career finding your mentors and sponsors and and also doing some fun things like creating that uh that yum and yay folder, which I'm I'm off to go create when we're done here. So thank you so much for, for your insight.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me today. I really enjoyed the opportunity to share. Well, I'm
0: Cindy Hoover and for all of us at SWE, thanks for listening.